there? Everybody have it? Okay. All right. Let's read. Make sure at home now you have your Bibles there at home. We're going to wait on you at home. You got it? All right. I had to wait for people to come back from stirring the grits. <laughs> Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. All right, let's read it together. Ready, read. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Father, thank you today for the word that we're about to receive. I thank you, Lord, that each person that's gathered here, Lord, has their hearts ready. Their hearts ready. You said, blessed are our ears for they hear. Blessed are our eyes for they see. Now open up our eyes, Lord. Open up our, our, our understanding today, Father, to see what you have for us to receive and learn and gain today from the word of God. We receive the word of God with meekness, knowing that it is able to save our souls. We receive the word not as it, not as it is uh, the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which works effectively in those who believe it today. We believe your word, so let it be unto us according to your word. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen, amen. and Amen. All right, you may take your seats. Thank you, Jesus. We're talking today. We're on part uh, six, or some might call it one uh, F, <laughs> of God is working in you. Everybody say, God, God is working in me. me. Alright. Now, so we've been here, we've, we've laid a foundation on this uh, a lot longer than we intended, uh, but God has seen fit to keep teaching us and opening our eyes to explore what he needs us to, to, to gain. You know, anytime you're going to build something uh, of great stature, you need a great foundation. You don't build a house on sand, it'll fall. So if we're going to build a revelation about God's intent for us, about our destiny, about our purpose, about our assignments, then we need to have uh, a good foundation. Amen? A foundation gives you stability. A foundation you can rest on and build on. Glory to God. There are people who who have a one-story house, and they want to now add a second story to their house. And what the architects or the engineers will go find out, first of all, before we add, is was your foundation built strong enough to withstand a second story? You can't just, of, of your own, just put a second story on a house. It doesn't work that way. You have to have a foundation strong enough for that. And God has seen fit by extending, extending this message out, uh, five additional messages, that we need to get a good foundation uh, so that we can really be about his purpose, his destiny for us, so that we can get into, into knowing what, what's our assignment or our assignments. Yes, Amen? Now, I want to go back and let's look at Philippians 2, verse 12. And I want to look at it and read it uh, in the easy-to-read version. Everybody have your Bible? Yes. I like to see physical Bibles. Now, everybody, you can have your little device. That's fine, but nothing like a physical Bible. You can smell those pages. Amen? Philippians 2, verse 12, in the easy-to-read version, says this. My dear friends, you always obeyed what you were taught. Just as you obeyed when I was with you, it is even more important for you to obey now that I am not there. Now watch this uh, this next sentence. So you must continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. Do this 
with fear and respect for God. So you must continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. Your salvation, how many of y'all in here are born again? You're already, you're already saved. All right, wonderful, wonderful. Your salvation is supposed to have some meaning to it. In other words, you're not saved just to go to heaven. If that were the case, the moment you got saved, the Lord would have said, all right, come on up here. But he, everyone knows, he saved you and then left you here. He saved you and left you here because you have a purpose. You have a calling, as we used to say in the Baptist church, a calling to fulfill. To serve this present age, right? You're calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all your power engage to do my master's will. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify. Who gave his son my soul to save and fit it for the sky. All my Baptist friends know that. So God, so <laughs> the non-Baptists always wonder who was Charles. So, so God gives you a purpose in the earth. And your destiny is to be, the Bible says we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. So that's our destiny to look just like Christ. Our purpose is to serve this present age. And then he gives us an assignment or most times multiple assignments. And you have to really know what your assignment is. Tell you that, but everything's not your assignment. Everything you get excited about doesn't mean it's your, it's your assignment. How many of y'all have gotten excited about a lot of things and find out that wasn't your assignment? You can waste a lot of time on things that are not your assignment because somebody else is doing it. You say, that looks good. Wow, that's interesting. And you get over there and now you're on their assignment and not your assignment. You're wasting time. All right? So, yeah, I'm telling you. So you got to be... be Careful, be mindful. Isn't that big word of today? Mindful. Everybody's trying to be mindful. Be mindful of your assignment. Of what has God called you to do. So that means that your life then, your salvation has meaning. It's more than just be going to church. How many of y'all know going to church is really good? That's really wonderful. But your life means more than just going to church. If that were all there was to it, God would be so happy. All right, they came to church. That's wonderful. But no, it's when you go back out there. What are you doing? What are you doing in the area of being fruitful? Of, of multiplying? Of replenishing the earth? Of, subdu- of, of subduing the earth? Of having dominion over it? What are we doing to get God's will done in the earth? See, my life has meaning. My life, my salvation has meaning. Glory to God. Not one of these old mornings when I get to heaven. No, it's just... That's, that's, that's the religious mindset. One of these days I'm going over yonder, it's going to all be over, I'm going to stick my sword in the golden sand of time and all that kind of stuff. That's wonderful. But what are you going to do while you're here? Because while you're here, your life is supposed to have some meaning. Y'all got it? Everybody say this word. Say significance. There is, there is a difference between significance and success. Success is about what you achieve for yourself. 
I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Y'all gonna write it down? Okay. All right. I'll hold up. Somebody said, hold up. Hold up. Oh, y'all remember the ice cream man used to come down the street? Hold. Oh. Success is about what you achieve for yourself. Now, should we be successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. You should prosper and have good success. God wants us to be, be successful. Read in Proverbs 2 and verse 7 where it says, The Lord stores up sound wisdom for the upright. That word wisdom literally translates to victory and success. So the Lord stores up success for you. So you're supposed to be successful. You're supposed to achieve. You're supposed to graduate if you want to go to school. I said, if you're going to go to school, you're supposed to graduate. With honors. If you're going to start a business, you're supposed to be in the black. Not in the red. You're, you're, supposed, you're supposed to have, as a matter of fact, I'm going to just push you a little harder than maybe you want to be ready for on a, on a Sunday. This is, this is in the Wednesday crowd, the Sunday crowd. In business, success is really there when you're making money, not just for yourself, but you hire people. Your business is not successful until you are employing people. Isaiah 61, strangers shall stand and feed your flock. Not you. So your success in business is, is you, you keep growing, you, you, you be fruitful, and you multiply. So don't be satisfied and call yourself I'm in business when it's just you. If it's just you, it's really just a job that you set your own hours. Lord, hide thee behind thy sacred desk. <laughs> it's just a job you set in your own hours. It's success when, when you begin to hire and duplicate multiply. So success is good. God wants you to have success. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to have success. Your success is God's idea. Got it? But even more than success, he wants us to have significance. So put it back on the screen here again so everybody can read as people are still writing down. Success is about what you achieve for yourself. Significance is about what your life means to others. Significance is about what your life means to others. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Does your life have meaning? So we just read an easy read, Philippians 2.12, about your salvation having meaning. So do you mean something to anybody? And I'm not talking about, you know, my mama loves me. I mean something to my mom. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you leave this planet, will people miss you? And I don't mean your mom and your cousin. I mean, will the earth miss you? Will the community? Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet up here in this Presbyterian church. Will the community miss you? Will the neighborhood recognize a void that's been left because you are gone? See, that's significance. You can have success. People, I'm, I'm all for success. But what God wants you to have is success and significance. Significance is about what your life means to others. Are y'all hearing me on this? 
Does your life mean something to other people? Now, you may not be there today, but you'll get there. You're supposed to be on the road to being significant. Y'all looking back at me, boy, like I just cussed out your mama. <laughs> I didn't cuss your mama out. I just want to give you, give you a target. I'm trying to give you a real target. Most children, all they learn about in school is how to be successful. They, they're not giving them a good job and on that. But that's not what life is all about. Life is about being success, about being significant. Now, can you do both? Come on, y'all don't sound sure. Back there, y'all didn't say nothing. Can you do both? My goal is to be successful and significant. Job, J-O-B, Job was successful, right? Job chapter 1, the wealthiest man in the land of us, and significant. He, he talked about, through, if you read between Job chapter 1 and Job 42, the in-between parts. Most people only read Job chapter 1 and Job 42, the last chapter. The beginning and the end, but in between, he talks about all the things he did, how he took care of the orphans. He took care of the widows. He took care of the poor. He said, he said, I was eyes to the blind. So he was significant. He was so significant. He, he said at one time that whenever I walked into the market square, everybody put their head down and got quiet. That when I walked into the market square, people would shut up and just, listen. you know, like they say, E.F. Hutton talks, everybody listens. When Job would walk into the market square, he said, people just shut up and listen. That's Job. He's successful and significant. <laughs> and that's what God wants you to be. God wants you, God wants you to be a billionaire, but not a hoarder. Okay, I'll come down. God wants you to be a millionaire. Oh, I better come down further. God wants you to be at least a hundred thousand there. I'm, I'm trying to find y'all. Some of y'all still ain't. I'm trying to, I'm trying to locate them. Baby, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to locate them, baby. I'm going to come down. Let me, let me know when I hit, hit your level now. A th- at least a thousand there. Now we gotta talk. Can I just talk money? Cause y'all like like y'all. Are. Jeff Bezos just hit the two hundred billion dollar mark. Two hundred B. And the Lord told us, "Do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you." And He said, "Something big is coming," which means that He's about to bring up somebody in this church. Somebody in the body of Christ and somebody's who are going to be, they're going to eclipse the Bezos and the Gates and the Buffets and the Elon Musk and all these great men of wealth who use their success to become significant with the wrong agenda. But if God can find somebody who would let him make them successful and have their heart 
not set to become significant with God's agenda. That's why I said in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, my eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth to show myself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal. Show himself strong? I'm going to make somebody a billionaire. I'm going to make somebody a multi-billionaire. I don't know who it is. It might be one of y'all. I don't know. I'm going to make somebody a multi-billionaire who's going to have my heart. Who will do all my will. Who will take that money and not, and not advance Satan's agenda. Can he trust you? To advance his agenda. God's agenda needs a lot of money. And he's not looking to you to figure out how to get it. He's just looking to you to figure out how to cooperate with him. Be willing and obedient. And whatever he says to you, what? What? Don't just talk about it. You're going to have to be about it. Okay? So we got we to gotta be about God's business and let God make us successful and then become significant in this earth. You got it? Now, Philippians 2, verse 13 is where we've been honing in here these last uh, couple weeks here. I guess what? Three weeks now we're here. And it says, for it is God, verse 13, who works in you both to will, come on, for his good pleasure. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God's working in us to get the will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, as a matter of review, what gives God pleasure? I want to give you a couple of verses, a couple of examples of what gives God's pleasure. Gives God pleasure. Psalm 35, 27. Psalm 35, 27. Hallelujah. The Lord takes pleasure in what? The prosperity of his servant. You got to give me the last half of that. Y'all got to put those things back on the same screen. Where everything on the same screen. There's too many screens for me. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Hallelujah. So he's going to work this thing for his pleasure, right? Give me Luke 12, 32. Luke 12 and verse 32. Hallelujah. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So right here from 35, from Psalm 35, 27 and Luke 12, 32, we see success. That is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Success. He takes pleasure in your prosperity. That's success. We got it? Okay. Now let's go to one more place here. I want to go to Hebrews 13, verse 16, New King James Version. Hebrews 13 and verse 16. Hebrews 13, verse 16. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're going to see what else gives God pleasure. It says, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So we're seeing what else gives God pleasure. Y'all, y'all less excited here today. You were very excited about prosperity, weren't you? You were very excited about him giving you the kingdom. But let's look at this other part. He says, but don't forget to do good. Do good and share. For God is well pleased with this. 
So it's God's good pleasure for us to do good and to share. Which means ahead of time, he gives us prosperity. Ahead of time, he gives us his kingdom. Ahead of time, he gives us success so that we can become significant. Are y'all following me on here? Okay, all right. Now let's keep going here. I want to give, let's look at that same verse, please, in the contemporary English version, the CEV. The CEV. Hebrews 13, 16 in the CEV. It'll, it'll, it'll spell out a little more what we're saying here. It says, but don't forget to help others. Matter of fact, can y'all read it with me? At home, read it too. Ready? Go. But don't forget to help others and to share your possessions. This too is like offering. Help others and share your possessions. Give me the passion translation, the same verse, same verse, the passion translation. The passion. Hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. I'm, thank God he gives me prosperity. Wonderful. Let's read it, ready, go. We will show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity. Come on. For these are... We're finding out his good pleasure here, right? All right, let's look, look at one more here. Same verse in the message. Now, it's going to be real tiny. Y'all got to just read it in, in the message Bible. Praise God. That's why they have them split in double screens, but I, I, need, I need to be able to see all at one time as much as I can. All right, let's go. Make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working. Share what you have. Read that part again. Share what you have. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that take place in kitchen. In your kitchen. Share your kitchen with folk. Bring them in. No, cook some and take it out. And workplace. When you're going to work, be the most generous person in your workplace. And, 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 on them streets. How many know there are people on the streets who need your help. Y'all know that, right? How many of y'all know, see people on the streets who need your help? Well, how many of y'all know there are people in your workplace that need your help? And there might be people in your kitchen that need your help. <laughs> but I want you to see here that God, now watch this. We read in Psalm 35, 27, that he takes pleasure in my prosperity. So God takes pleasure in blessing me and prospering me and making me rich. We saw in Luke 12, 32, that it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, is not a pauper's kingdom. It's, it's a wealthy, abundant kingdom. It's a kingdom that has no end. It's everlasting. There's no end to it. There's no stopping it. There's no, there's no um, budget in the kingdom. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. 
So he's trying to give us that. He takes pleasure in it. But he also takes him prospering us. Him giving us the kingdom is what he does for us. But then when we bless others, it's what he is doing. The series, I don't know if I told you the title of the series, is in us, through us, or in us, for us, through us. That's what we're trying to get to. God is doing something in us. Then he can do something for us. Then he wants to do something great through us. But before he can do great things through you, you got to let him do some great things for you, which requires he does some great things in you. That's why you got to come and hear and hear and hear and hear the word of God. You got this? All right. Now, so he takes pleasure in blessing us, but it takes pleasure in doing things through us. All right. For his sake. Now, let's look at another scripture that verifies that for us before we kick it into next year. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17 and 18. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 and 18. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 and verse 18. You know this one pretty well, don't you? Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Who is he talking about? Us. Right? Y'all, y'all... You're talking about us, right? Because Paul wouldn't tell Timothy to command those who are rich on the world because he doesn't have any authority over those in the world. He has authority over people in the church. So when he's saying those who are rich, put that back on verse 17, please. Verse 17. Those in this, who are rich in this present age, that means you are rich. You're in the church and you're already rich. He means He does not mean spiritually rich. I wish the church would get over this whole thing about no, we're not supposed to be rich in, in money, we're supposed to be just rich in spirit. No, that can't be true. Jesus said, Blessed are those who are the poor in spirit. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He didn't say, Blessed are the rich in spirit, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> when he's talking about you rich, he means in material possessions. That you can distribute. That's what he's going to get to here. He says, command those who are rich not to trust in uncertain riches, but the living God who gives us richly all things to what? Enjoy. Not give away. Enjoy. Huh? Huh? Yeah. To enjoy. enjoy. So first, what he does for you. Y'all got to catch it. Y'all got to catch it. Y'all got to catch it. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. That means it's for you. See, and much of the church wants to skip past the for you part and say, I'm going to just let God do things through me. Ain't much he can do through you till you get some money. So just stop faking me out with all that. Oh, I got big plans. I got big plans. You need some money. He wants to give you things to enjoy for you. Because your life has to look appealing first. You understand? Your life has to look appealing. If our lives look just like the world's lives, we're not appealing at all. Why are they going to come to church? Why are they going to serve God? Oh, because I'm going to heaven. They ain't thinking about heaven. In the natural man, they're thinking about how can I pay my rent. The natural man thinking about how am I going to buy school shoes for my children. Got it? So he, he wants to give us things to enjoy, but he doesn't stop there. Verse 18. Let them, those of you who are enjoying your things, do good. 
Now, don't just be rich in your account, but be rich in good works. Ready to give. And what else? This is now you're successful and significant in the earth. Okay? Now, y'all got that. How many of y'all believe this morning that's the God's plan for your life? God's plan is for you to be prosperous, for you to be rich, for you to be wealthy, for you to be well off. So much so that you are always ready, willing, and able, and able to be a blessing to people. You got it? Okay. Now, how does God work in us? Remember he says in Philippians 2.13, he's working in us, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Okay? Now, this is going to be very elementary to some of you, but I want you to just to go over this course again here. That... He starts with a seed. What I say? He starts Now, before you get offended and think, I'm talking about money, I'm talking about the word. The Bible says the word of God is the seed, or the seed is the word. So, God starts with a seed. That's how he grows anything. Oh, y'all got to hear me. You know, the Bible, we, we look at, you know, uh, the Garden of Eden and we say, we think in our minds that God, uh, you know, said garden. No, but the Bible says God planted a garden. How did he plant a garden? The Bible didn't say he planted trees. He planted a garden, which means he put seed in the ground. <laughs> and the Bible says that a mist would rise up from the earth. Well, there was no rain. No, there didn't need rain. There was a mist that came up from the earth and caused all the beautiful plants and trees and flowers in the garden to grow. He planted seeds. So whatever God does, he has to plant seeds in you. Jesus said whatever, whatever trees or whatever plant my father did not plant must be plucked up. And the reason why most of us uh, when I say us, I mean in the body of Christ in general. Why we don't prosper is because we don't have prosperity seeds in us. We have poverty seeds on the inside of us. We've been programming the poverty. Why people in the body of Christ are so stingy is because they've been programming the stinginess. And you got to pluck up whatever Jesus Christ did not, whatever Father God did not plant. And he didn't plant no stingy pole broke down seed in us he planted rich seed in us you got it liberal seed in us you got that okay so he starts everything with a seed put up Romans 10 verse 17 Romans 10 verse 17 hallelujah so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God remember the rich or the poor we read in James earlier they get rich through faith so they got to get some faith Jesus said the poor have the gospel preached to them. Right? Okay, so they got to hear. You and I got to hear the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by, or hearing comes by the word of the God. So the word of God is a seed. Okay? Now, so write this down if you can. Whenever you and I really are receive the word of God, it enables him to work in us. Whenever you and I really receive the word of God, it enables him to work in us. Now, I, I want to imply really or truly when we truly receive the word of God. Because when people are sitting here, 
hear my voice doesn't mean that they're receiving the word of God. Some people are sitting here, but they think about what they're going to have for lunch this afternoon or where they're going to celebrate something later this afternoon or they're going to, you know, what, what's, what the week has in store. So they're just, they're hearing. They're here and they're hearing, but they're not receiving. Okay. Uh, let me use the station for y'all. Let's see. Um, WRXB. Y'all remember WRXB? Yeah. 1590 AM? Okay, you know it's playing right now. How many of y'all can hear it? No. It's, it's playing right now. Uh, in fact, just, just a little news. Some of y'all, you remember, well, no, WRXB went off the air. They're back on. It's just not gospel. It's, I think it's Haitian. You can check it out, 1590 AM. It's a Haitian channel now. But they're sending out signals. But if you don't have a radio tuner tuned to 1590, you can't receive what they're saying. It's out there. So the word of God is flowing, but if you're not tuned in to what I'm saying, you think about, you know, who you're going to hook up with at the church. Oh, people think about hooking up. <laughs> run, 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 fast as you can. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth now. I'm just telling the truth. It's 2020. So I must truly receive the word of God, and then he can work it on the inside of me. Put 1 Thessalonians 2.13 on the screen, please. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Let's see what it says here. It says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you see, receive which you heard. There's a difference between receiving and hearing. So you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. You welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So when you receive that word and don't just hear it, that word now effectively works in you. So that's why you got to hear the word of faith. That's why you got to hear the word on healing. That's why you got to hear the word on on prosperity. That's why you got to hear the word of his grace. That's why you got to hear the right word. Because if you hear the right word, then the right seed gets into your ground and begins to work inside you. And from, from the right words, now you develop right thinking. The reason why most folk can't prosper, the reason why most people can't become successful or significant is because they have wrong thinking. Stinking thinking. People thinking is bad. The mindset is bad. But if you saturate yourself with the right word, it'll begin to change your thinking. And the Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so your thinking must change. Tell your neighbor, your thinking must change. You got to start thinking right thoughts. You got to start thinking prosperity thoughts. You got to start thinking healing thoughts. You got to start thinking peace thoughts. You got to start thinking big thoughts. You got to start thinking significant thoughts. You get that from hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And when I receive the word, it works effectively in me. 
Oh, praise God. Give me, give me the same. Uh, we're going to try it because it's, it's, no, it's going to be small. The Amplified Bible on this same verse, please. Amplified Bible. Because I want you to see what it says here at, at, at the end of this verse here. Uh, it's, if y'all can make it out, near the bottom, third line up from the bottom, a fourth line, which is effective at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. So the word of God has superhuman power. The word of God isn't just words on a page. It's a seed. That when that right seed gets into your spirit, it works in you. Superhuman power. Superhuman, which is above human, which means you go beyond your natural limitations. Some of you, if you had never heard the word of God, you were destined to be broke, busted, disgusted the rest of your life. The reason why you're doing as good as you are now is because you got the right word on the inside of you. Help me out here. Help me out. I got the right word. I start hearing the right word. Okay, 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 God, okay. I, I can prosper. Okay, God. I can be healed. Okay, God. I can live long. I can live strong. I ain't got to die early. I ain't got to be broke. I ain't got to be busted. I ain't got to be ratchet. I ain't got to be ratty. I ain't got to be nasty. I ain't got to be a hoe. Ain't, come on now. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, he said, ain't got to be a hoe. Y'all excuse me. Why? Because the word, the word has done that. The word has done that. It wasn't you. The Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I have news for you. Your mind is renewed by the word of God. So I got to, I got to get as much of the right word in me as I can. If it wasn't for this word, I'd have still been pulled. If it wasn't for this word, I, I, I'd very, I might be dead now. I, I couldn't tell you the, the number of physical attacks I've had against me. Some of those attacks... I, I mean, I, I, I want to say it, but, you know, I didn't go to the doctor for it, so I can't verify it. But I know some things that the devil is attacking me in my life. I, I, I know I had prostate cancer. And if it wasn't for this word... <laughs> the devil was trying to attack me. No, you ain't have you'd have been dead now. No, no, see, the word exercises superhuman power. Superhuman power in those who adhere to it and trust in it and rely on it. I rely on this word. So you got to get the right word. Get the right word. See, that right word in your soil of your heart yes. will change you. Yes, sir. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. My goodness. Now, 
that word, he, go, go back to the New King James for me, please. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Because when you received the word, you received the word. Thank you, Lord. That word receive comes from the Greek word paralambano. Paralambano. Now, we know that, that word lambano means to take it. But here it is, paralambano, which means to take, but watch this, more importantly, to take with oneself, to join to oneself. Now, to just lambano, to take, which means, means I, could, like I could take Chris's phone. But paralambano means to take something to me. Like uh, my wife, when we got married, May 27th, 2000, I took her to me. Now, I took her from my mom and her daddy. Right? But I took her to me. Therefore, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined. See, I took her to me. See, you can take someone on a date. But when you get married, you take them. You're joining yourself. So this word paralambano isn't just um, like taking something uh, to, the, to somewhere, moving it. You're not just moving it. It's your, you're becoming one with it. It becomes part of you. And I'm telling you one of the short... The shortages that many believers have is we hear the word, but we don't make the word part of us. If I make the word now part of me, I take it to myself. In other words, in other words, if, if you go to Walgreens or CVS right now, you can go and take medicine or aspirin or whatever off the shelf. You can take it off the shelf. Take it away from the store. But it doesn't do you any good until you take it Are y'all catching what I'm saying? So, so the word of God, when you take it, make it part of yourself. When you give the word of God first place and final authority in your life, it will exercise superhuman power on the inside of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are y'all hear what I'm saying to you? So I got to receive the word. I don't, I don't reject it. I, I don't withhold uh, obedience. I don't withhold obedience. In other words, the word has first place, final authority. If the word says it, I do it. Y'all didn't get excited about that. If the word says it, I do it. Well, I don't like that part. Well, I didn't like water either. <laughs> but I need it, don't I? So there are parts of the Bible I may not be so fond of. Come on, help me out now, anybody. The parts of the Bible you still, you know, working on. You're just, okay. But I know I need this. So I don't reject it, nor do I withhold obedience. So whatever he says unto me, I do it. And that's why I get the results I get. Not because I'm so smart or so special. It's just whatever he says to me, I do it. Glory to God. Are y'all hearing me? So without the word of God, we're trapped. Remember, it's exercising its superhuman power. So without the word of God, I'm trapped by human limitations. Without the word of God, I'm trapped by facts. F-A-C-T-S. 
I'm trapped by science. Did y'all hear what I said? I'm trapped by science. Everybody debating whether science is real or not. Science is real. I'm just not trapped by it. You don't believe in science? I believe in science. I'm just not trapped by it. You don't believe in facts? I believe in facts. I'm just not trapped by the facts. I'm sanctified by truth. His word is truth. His word puts me in a bubble. Well, the NBA has their little bubble. Everybody's safe within the bubble. Isn't that right? Y'all know about anybody watching the NBA? Ain't hardly nobody even watching the NBA. Nobody even cares anymore. Nobody, nobody even paying attention to the NBA. Them guys playing, they want it. They, they, they think the whole world watching. Everybody ain't paying attention. But they, they to, to protect them during this COVID time, they establish a bubble. Which means they, you had to, they, they tested you before you came in, made sure you were clear, negative for, for coronavirus, and those who were negative came into this bubble. It's a, you know, not a real bubble, y'all understand, right? It's just a, a quarantined self. They, they're, all, they're all standing at the same Disney resort, and the people who serve them, all the, all the maids and all the cooks, they all have to stay there. Nobody can leave. You can't go home for two months. Everybody has to stay in that same resort. Hotel workers, everybody, anybody, all the suppliers, they, they got to stay there. Except for the fact that it's hard to control grown men when they want something. I just want some chicken wings. I just want some chicken wings. I'm just, so I'm going, I'm going to Atlanta to get some chicken wings. That's what I got said. <laughs> He don't pass by a thousand chicken wing restaurants. Going to Atlanta to the rump shaking club because they, they have the best chicken wings at the rump shaking club down there. What happened? He violated a bubble and, and because he violated a bubble, it exposed him to what's going on out there. See, God, uh, Psalm 5.12 says, Surely, O Lord, you will bless the righteous, surrounding him with your favor, even as with a shield. So you and I have this bubble around us called the blessing and the favor of God. As long as we stay in the will of God. Keep doing whatever God says and don't venture out trying to go find chicken wings. Tell your neighbor, God has chicken wings. God has chicken wings. You gotta go nowhere else trying to find no chicken wings. Chicken wings must be good, boy, to make you go all the way to Atlanta. Some chicken wings. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. So, whatever's going on in the science and the facts does not have a bearing on my life because I'm in the bubble. Y'all got it? So I, I learned that by making the word, I take the word unto myself. And when I take the word unto myself, when I meditate the word of God, I receive the revelation of who I am in, in, in him. It's through that that I can say I am healed. 
See, if I don't take the word, I don't, I don't say I'm healed. I'm still I'm asking God, Lord, can you heal me? Lord, can you heal me? No, but when I take the word to myself, the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. So when I take his word, I take his healing. So now I am the healed. Glory to God. When I take his word, it's a rich word. It's a process word. So I'm not asking God, God, can you help me out? God, can you help me with this rent this month? No, God, I'm releasing my rent. See, it's already in me. I said it's already in me. Did y'all catch what I just said? Your rent, your lights, your water, your phone, your cable, your car. Your tuition, it's in you. We read Luke 12, 32. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But Luke 17, 21 says the kingdom of God is in you. So it's in you. Everything you need is in you. So I got to release it. Y'all got this here. So I got I to gotta get the word of God in me. When I do that, I realize I am healed. I am rich, I'm blessed, and I'm not cursed. Somebody say, I'm not cursed. Say it again, I'm not cursed. There ain't no curse of ham and yam and sham. And, 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 and I'm not cursed. What a black man cursed. Well, I don't know what that got to do with me. I'm not cursed. No, you can't be blessed and cursed at the same time. Whom the Lord has blessed, no man can curse. You can't reverse what God has blessed. You walk in that blessing. I say you walk in that blessing. Hallelujah. Joshua 1 verse 8. God told Joshua, Joshua, you just simply do this. You want to be successful? You want to be prosperous? Meditate this word day and night. Meditate this word day and night. Meditate this word day and night. What am I doing when I'm meditating the word of God? I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Glory to God. You can have vitamins all in your cabinet, cabinet full of vitamins. They don't do you any good till you take them. You got it? They don't help you one bit. You can have vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B, B12s, all that kind of stuff. But you, if you don't take them, so God tells Joshua, Joshua, you want to have success? You want to be prosperous? Meditate my word day and night. Keep getting it into you. Keep getting, getting it in you. Keep getting it in you until it begins to pour out of you. You got it? I'll show you something here in a minute before I close here. Give me Acts 20 verse 32. Acts 20 verse 32. I'm talking about glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's hurry up. Acts 20 32. Paul says this. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to what? The word of his Say it loud. The word, of his grace. the word of his grace, that's God's supernatural ability, his ability, God's power, which is able to build you up. That's superhuman strength there. So his word, the word of his grace, will build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. So I commend you to that. So keep taking the word of his grace. Keep hearing that word. So I got to receive the right word to build up my born again spirit. Y'all listen to me saints of God. Listen to me saints of God. 
whatever's not building up your spirit is tearing it down. There's no neutral word. There's no neutral news. And people who are sitting there watching the news all day are being torn down in their spirits. Not being built up in their spirit. People are sitting there concentrating on what all the stats are saying, what all the figures are saying, what all the projections are saying. They're being torn down in their spirit. They're not being built up. The words that they're hearing, are un- they, they, those words are unsettling their souls. But when you and I hear the word of his grace, the Bible says it's able to build us up. All right? Now, so I got to get that, that will built up. I got to get my spirit man built up. And the more I meditate God's word, then the more God begins to open my eyes to some things. Turn to Psalm 119, please. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Psalm 119, verse 18. Here's what the psalmist said. He said, Lord, open my eyes. Now, I'm taking you somewhere here. We're almost there, okay? Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law, or can we say from your word? So for me to see, okay, there are wondrous things in there. There are big things in there. There are great things in the word of God. But he said, open my eyes that I may see them. Which means you just reading the word, you can't see them. Because any person on this planet who, who is literate can read the word of God. But he said, open my eyes to see wondrous things in your word. So that he's not talking about his natural eyes. He's talking about open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my faith to see the big things that are in the word of God. That word wondrous means big things. So when I say, or God says to us a few weeks ago, something big is coming. Man, I got to look in the word and see, man, what, when God says big, what does he mean when he says big? What big things is God doing? What big things has God demonstrated? What th- big things does God have in store for his people? And he told us, we, we started with a scripture verse, uh, verse uh, a few weeks ago, that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Tell your neighbor, something big is coming. Give me that same verse, verse, uh, verse, give me verse 17 and 18 in the Passion, please. Give me this, Psalm 119, verse 17 and 18 in the Passion Translation. I want you to see this here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited because something big is on the horizon. How many of y'all believe that when God said something big is coming? He says this, let me, your servant, walk in abundance of life. That's good right there. Let me, your servant, walk in abundance of life that I may always live to obey your truth. Now look at verse 18, please. Verse 18. Open my eyes to see the miracle wonders hidden. See, they're hidden in there. Proverbs 25, I think it is, it says that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing or a matter. It's the glory of kings to reveal it, to discover it. So God hides things in the word of God that a carnal mind and a natural mind can't get. The Bible says the natural man does not perceive the things, does not discern the things of the spirit. 
So it takes a spiritual man who's taking the word and saying, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. And when you go through, you can read Psalm 23. The same verse that you've heard preached for 12 years. And you open door one day, all of a sudden, boom! You just saw some miracle wonder in the word of God. You just saw, wait, my shepherd? Make sure I shall not want? How many of y'all still have wants? The shepherd says, no, will you follow me? You ain't going to have no wants no more. <laughs> y'all got to catch it here. It's a miracle wonder that's hidden in the word of God. Something big in there. The Bible is replete with all kind of big things, big, big, huge, gigantic things that God's doing. Now watch this. Now watch. Turn to Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I'm just trying to show you what God's to do. Man, I got to speed up. I got to speed up. I got 10 minutes and I got a lot of, lot of word here. Because before the Lord God can do great things for you or through you, listen to this, he has to work in you to eradicate small thinking. He has to work in you to eradicate small thinking. I know, I know. See, because most of the body still thinks small. We think, I'm going to start a small business. Big business doesn't start with small thinking. Big business may start small, but they start with big thinking. That's why you have to take time to write a business plan. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Girls, are not saying anything. That's why you got to write a business plan. Because when you write a business plan, you plan big. You start small, but you plan big. You plan for growth. You plan contingencies. In case this supplier shuts down. In case they shut China's borders and we can't get any more of our raw material. See, you have um, when you plan like that, you got to think so big. You, you got to. You, uh, they, they call it in the business world scaling up. I mean to give a business class this morning. It's called scaling up, so that okay, if I'm producing uh, thirty pies. And I sold them to all my friends. How do I go from 30 pies to 300 pies? How do I go from 300 pies to 3,000 pies? To, to 30,000 and to 300,000 and 3 million? How do, I, how do I scale up? But if in your thinking, you're thinking your little oven at your house. <laughs> That's small thinking. And you, you, will, you will cap yourself. And let me throw this last part, this next part in here for you. You will limit God. Because God is not a small thinker. Y'all didn't say much. He's not a small thinker. What did I tell y'all to open your Bibles to? 33 and what? Did y'all find it yet? They put it on the screen for you yet? 
Put on the screen for me. Show it to my babies right here. Call to me and I will answer you and show you what? Great and mighty things which you do not know. So God's always scaling up. God's always talking big. God's always talking gigantic. He's always talking more than your mind can really understand. And those are the wondrous things that are hidden in his word. Jesus fed the 5,000. Did they end up with not enough? Just enough? More than enough. They started out with more than they ended, more than they they ended up with more than they started out with. When God was feeding the children of Israel in the wilderness, they wanted manna, they wanted quail, they always had more than enough. When Jehoshaphat and the children of, of, of Judah, when they defeated those kings in Second Chronicles twenty, the Bible said they spent three days. Gathering the spoils, it was so much. God is always talking so much. He's always talking abundance. He's always thinking more than you can wrap your mind around. That's why he has to work inside of you to get you to take the limits off of him. He's thinking about more than just a job. That's... Oh man, that's that's the thing. That's, that's such a such a hard thing to get people to grasp. God's talking about more than just a job. He's not talking about a job. He's not talking about a job. He's talking about he's talking about you having your own warehouses across the country in Europe distribution centers. Centers that you can, you can, you can, you're distributing all over the world. He says, Call me, I'll show you great amount of things which you don't know. I'm out of time. I'm gonna take five more minutes. Give me Genesis 15 1, amplified. I'm gonna skip past all the translations. Let me just go right to what I want to give you. Genesis 15, verse 1, Amplified. I want to know who am I talking to this morning. Chris, I mean, God is thinking fantastic Chris's. You know what I'm saying? They got fantastic sounds, but God like, what's, what's, what's fantastic about that? I mean, are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Who is Sam's Club? I mean, he wants Max Club. Boy, 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 boy. Genesis 15, verse 1, Amplified. After these things, after, after Abraham had gave tithe to Melchizedek and got the blessing, pronounced on him. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. In a what? Vision. In a what? Vision. So God's getting past his natural sight. 
He talks to them in a vision. That's what God has to get to us many times in dreams and visions because he has to get past our natural reasoning. God, ha- he knows our natural, that natural reasoning will limit him. So he has to speak to us subconsciously. Break past our reason, our mental capacity. So he speaks in a vision. He says, saying, fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. Your what? Your abundant compensation? Compensation? Abundant? God says, I am? For God to say abundant, Gershom, y'all missed it. For God to say abundant, He's thinking on a whole different level than $1,200 from the government. $600 a week. He's, God's thinking more than that. If you took your salary multiplied a thousand times, God's thinking bigger than that. Y'all miss it. I said if you took your salary multiplied it a thousand times, God is saying that ain't abundant. That's nice, happy for you, but he said, I'm talking about more than that. Well, Pastor, you just talking about money? No, I was talking about builders, but you can't get builders without some money. Well, God has money to give it to me. Okay, praise the Lord. You work your faith on that. Just let, let me know how it turns out. Genesis 15, verse 1. Show me, show me you land somebody giving you a car first. Then we'll talk about somebody landing and giving you a building. You land that first, then we'll talk about buildings after that. (laughs) I'm your shield, your abundant conversation, and your reward, your reward, your reward, your reward shall be exceedingly great. So God has to get past Abram's limited thinking in a vision and he speaks a big word but then go, go over to, to the same uh, g- give me two through six go back to New King James I just want to see these words and amplify go back to New King James and I want you to see two through six I'm going to speed read how many of you know how to speed read but Abram said Lord God what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus so he goes back in this vision he's still trying to reason like Lord what you, how you going how you going to do this then Abram then then Abram said look you have given me no offspring indeed one born in my house is my heir he's trying to get God to look at what he has God's trying to get Abram to look at what he has and behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Keep going. Then he brought him outside. You were trapped in this 20 by 20. You were trapped in 1,500 square feet. You were trapped in your 3,000 square feet and thought you were doing something big. He said, no, no, no. Come outside. Look toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. So God said, look up on something that you can't count. Your little square footage you can count. Your few little members you can count. Your your few little group, your your little check you can count. I got a 10% raise. You can count that. But I want to bring you out here to something you can't count. 
Because when I bless you, you can't count it. Y'all missed that. When I unload my goodness on you, you can't count it. When I show myself strong on your behalf, you can't count it. That's what he said. Count the stars if you can. Knowing good and well, he couldn't. One, two, three. No, wait a minute. One, two, three. He might have counted 1,200 and wait, I missed one. I started, forgot, because you can't, it's so many. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing, watch this, watch this. If Abram were somehow able to have counted all the stars in the universe that night, the next day he would have been wrong. Because God, when he spoke the universe, the universe never stopped being created. The universe is still, scientists attest to this, that the universe is still expanding to this day. So there are more stars now than there were then. Because when God said, let there be, bam, he never stopped it. So just when you think you've reached your max with God, God said, that's good. That was yesterday's max, though. I'm about to blow up. God said, I'm about to blow you up. I'm going to blow you all past your imagination. I'm going to blow you all past your limitations. I'm going to blow all past your calculation. I'm going to blow past all the things you've ever thought about. I'm going to blow past your imagination right here. So he said in verse 6, and Abraham believed God. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. So what God does, what does he do? He works to get out the small thinking. Because he doesn't, he doesn't do small. R write this last thing down. Write this last thing down. You can't talk big until you get big. You can't talk big until you get big. Now I don't mean by that you got to wait until you manifest big to talk big. I'm talking about you can't talk big until you get big on the inside. And the reason why most of you uh, in the body of Christ, I'm not picking on y'all, shudder when I talk big is because on the inside, you're still small. You're like those 10 spies who God sends to the promised land and says, go look and see what I gave you. And they come back and say, we're not able to take that land because the giants are too big. We are grasshoppers. We are grasshoppers in our sight and we are grasshoppers in their sight. But in reality, according to the giants, to the people in, 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 the, in Canaan land, they were the grasshoppers. The children of Israel were the giants. Because the Bible says Jericho was straightly shut up. Meaning Jericho, the, the inhabitants of the land had shut the land down. They were under lockdown. Because they were afraid of these men. These people who, of God who were coming. But the problem is those people saw themselves small. And because they saw themselves as small, they died in the wilderness. And did not inherit the land that was already given to them. Are you hearing this? 
So you can't talk big until you get big. So that's why God has to work in us to get us big inside. Then we can talk big. Let me give you two last verses. Isaiah 57 verse 19. Because you got to talk big. Tell your neighbor you got to talk big. It says here, Isaiah 57 verse 19. This is God talking. I create the fruit of the lips. So God creates what you speak. Now Matthew 12:34. This is it. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So it's out of what's in your heart that you speak. So if your heart is still small, remember Proverbs 23 verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if in your heart you're still small and all you can see is small, all you can think is little, then you will always speak small. You'll always speak little. And the Bible says God creates the fruit of the lips, Isaiah 57 verse 19. So he can't, and see God never creates little. Check Genesis. He never created little. He never created small. So until you talk big, he can't get involved. Once you get big on the inside, then you start talking big through your mouth. Now he creates the fruit of your lips. Big things. That's how, ladies and gentlemen, God is able now to do things for you. Did you catch that? It took us six messages to say that one line. (laughs) That once you speak big, God can now do big things for you. See, when you first get born again, God's going to do a lot of small things for you. He's always going to say, welcome to the family. I've been waiting to do some things for you in your life. But the more you grow in him, he wants to do bigger things, Deacon Mac. God wants to do bigger things to me than he was doing 20 years ago and 30 years ago when I first got born again. Glory to God. And he'll, he'll do those things now. Why? Because through immersion in his word, I've grown on the inside. See, 30 years ago, Laquanda, I was talking about, you know, Lord, if you can show help me with my rent, I'll be happy. 30 years ago, that's what I would say. Lord, can you help me with my rent today. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Man, I showed, showed need, a, need a new tie. You can help me get a tie. Right. See, now I'm talking about a billion dollars. Yes. You know that billion y'all been praying for every day? Yes. For all, all his property? Remember, we're going to spend seven fifty to build it? Seven hundred fifty million to build it? We're going to put two fifty in the bank? Float the interest? $25 million a year for the expenses? And remember the plan, right? That's the plan. See, how can I think like that now? I got big on the inside. I didn't think about a tie no more. So, watch this. Watch this, Takina. 
So because I talk billion, the tithes come. Y'all missed it. Because I talk billion, cars come. See, the, the little is swallowed up in the big. Well, I wish I want to slice your head up and pour in what I'm, what I'm saying. When you begin to see big and talk big, the, the little stuff you've been thinking about gets swallowed up. How do I know? Matthew 6, 33. Don't, don't, don't. Just, just seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness. Things will be added to you. Don't take it in thought what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. Don't think about the small stuff. Think the big stuff and all the small stuff just gets added to you. The reason why some of y'all still struggling with your rent because you keep talking rent. Need to get big. Slap your neighbor on the arm and say, "Get big." Slap him till it stings. Say, "Pow!" Get big. No, I'm just kidding. Don't don't do that. Are, are y'all are you conceiving what I'm saying to you? Talk cities. Talk nations. Talk conglomerate. Talk global. When you talk that from a faith-filled heart, now it's got to be in your heart. Now if it ain't in your heart, it ain't, it ain't doing nothing. But when it's in your heart and you talk it, God creates the fruit of your lips. All the little things just get swallowed up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Chris, I can remember, boy, years ago, man, just so little and my little my little apartment I had man the light bill hit $70 and I was like Jesus $70 what the what y'all would love a $70 light bill now wouldn't you Don't choke. Don't choke. My last light bill at our house, $700. Now, when I saw it, I said, Lord, have mercy. And you know what I did? Paid it. You still small. What you gonna do when you have a, a five hundred thousand square foot warehouse? And your light bill is seventy thousand dollars every month. See, we gotta get past the small thinking. See, this is how it works. So because I, I can talk a billion, the 700 gets swallowed up. It's a challenge. But this is what God is doing inside of us. And if we just let him, don't buck. He'll do it so that 
Once you allow him to do these great things for you, you'll get to what is really going to make him really, really happy is when you now open your hands and you can be a blessing everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Y'all see that today? Were you challenged by the word of God? Were you blessed by the word of God? Give God a big praise today if you received that today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Y'all got some water bottles somewhere? Some people still choking off a seven dollar water. <laughs> give, him some, give him some water. Give him some water. Yeah, he can lost. He's trying to pass out water bottles. Y'all choking. Y'all choking. That was so special. Somebody say this years ago on one of the Christian albums. Somebody said, You can't be big when little got you. You can't be big when little got you. God's working in you to get the little out. That's why I tell you, there, there are times God has told my wife and me, he, He's told us to buy something. He challenges us first with a seed, always with a seed. God always challenges us with a seed. He always challenges us with a seed, no question about it. He always challenges us with a seed. Back when we were broke, I mean broke, broke, and half million dollars in debt still, he said, give a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars, what? <laughs> well, that's a challenge. It's the same thing in Mark 10. When that rich young ruler came and said, how can I get to where you are, Jesus? The Bible says Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, give. So love always challenges. And so he challenged us like that. And like, But then there are times he told us to buy something. It's not always about a seed. Sometimes he'll tell you to buy something that's going to stretch you. Does that happen to anybody here? He's told you to buy something. You know he told you, not, not your flesh. Now he, he said, buy this. Because you are, you are becoming a cheapskate. And God can't keep cheapskates around his kingdom. Elbow your neighbor, you can't have cheapskates around his kingdom. Tight wad and everything, you can't have that. He's, he wants to use you to decorate the earth. So he can't have no cheapskates in his kingdom. No misers. <laughs> so he's got to challenge us sometimes. To, sometimes to, to sow beyond what we understand. Sometimes to spend beyond what we understand. Because why? He's trying to stretch us on the inside to make room for something big. 
So when God would challenge me, I remember one day the Lord challenged me to give a guy $10. I ain't have any money. I had $10. <laughs> but I was, I was sitting at the beauty supply store. Uh, what's that one on Sundays? Right, right across from the post office. And this guy came by and the Lord said, give that man $10. I'm like, $10? Oh, what a mercy. For, now, $10 to me at that time was... I'm talking about Poe. See, none of y'all know about Poe. And I'm not talking about when I was 17. I'm talking about I was probably about 30. Poe. I'm, I'm, I'm 49 now, aren't I? Probably about 35, 30, 38. I forgot how old I was. 49 years old. I'm, I'm thinking I'm like 39. 49. Wow. I feel good. And I'm like, Lord, $10? And I, I just, okay. And, and I did it. I did it. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to obey you because you're stretching me with $10. That day, that same day, it wasn't two hours later, somebody put $1,000 in my hand. That had never happened in my life. Oh, like, is that $1,000? Sound like a hundredfold to me. I don't know. I can't calculate too good. Too good. $10? Why? God was stretching me. You just trust me. See? Now God tell me to give a thousand. Can I just give a thousand? No problem. I'll do it. But now he stretches us with bigger numbers like, okay, give five, give seven thousand, whatever. Okay, all right. Praise the Lord. I know there's no no money to y'all, but it's still big money to me. But he's trying to get me to where where he says, okay, I want you to fully fund that orphanage for the year. See, that's this. That's what he's trying to get us all to, so we can do those kinds of things. But we gotta, we gotta let him make us big. Father, thank you today for the word. Thank you, Lord, today for each person who's been a part of this time. We pray for those that are here, those that are watching from home, wherever they may be, that God, we will really um, receive the word. As it says, Lord, in, in, in that we read today, Lord, that the word will work effectively in us and bring about this bigness, this big mindset that we need to have to operate on your level. Your word says, Father, in Amos 3, how can two walk together except they are agreed? And Lord, when you walk, you walk heavy. When you talk, you talk big. And God, you can't have us walk in light and talk in small and operate with you. So Father, continue to do this work in us that will enable us to walk heavy like you walk, to talk big like you talk, to operate on your level in agreement, in cooperation with you so that we can get your perfect will done on this earth, God. There are great things you have for us to do. And God, you don't want people in the world doing these things and and them getting the credit. You want us doing doing these things whereby you get all the glory. You told us to let our light so shine before men that they they may see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. So God, it's up, up to us to let our light shine, to let our good works be shown in the earth so that men and women would glorify you, our Father in heaven. Now, Father, I pray today for every person who's already in business, that God, that they not be a small business owner, not have a small business mindset, 
but that God, that they, they will see global, they, they will see corporation, they will see conglomerate, they will see, Lord, uh, uh, maximize business, God, that all those, Lord, who have uh, even hobbies and things that they do, Father, that they've been thinking small, we cancel small thinking. We cancel small thinking today. And we speak forth right now, big thinking. Those who have ministry in their hearts. To do ministry, to be a blessing to people, Father. We pray right now against small thinking. We cancel, we cancel small thinking in ministry, Father. We even, Lord, cancel that in this church, God. Small thinking that we've had for many years. We cancel it right now. And God, we're saying, Lord, we're going to think big. We're going to enlarge our thinking, Lord. Enlarge and expand our thinking, God, to see bigger. To see, Lord, a whole city. To see a region. To see a global impact. That we as a ministry will be significant in this region that will make such an impact, oh God, that the world will know we're here and decide that they can't do without us. So thank you, Father, that your people, we are growing inside, and when we grow inside, we speak. You'll create these things on the outside, and God, we will see your vision come to pass in the earth this year. God, we don't join with the rest of the world and most of the church, much of the church cursing 2020. No, 2020 is your year. It's your year for vision manifestation. God, this is going to be the best year we've ever had on record. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We've not given this year over to the devil. We've not given this year over to the evil one, God. No, this is your year. And God, you're going to surprise the world. You're going to shock the world with the big things you will do through the body of Christ this year. Thank you for churches opening up. Thank you for ministry expanding. Thank you for satellite. Thank you for airlines. Ooh, thank you for our clinics. Thank you, Lord, for homes that you'll give us, Lord. Thank you for the ability you'll give us, God to do great things in the earth. We believe you. It's your time, and it's our time with you. So today we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you all the praise we pray today for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together.